Hi there, Caitlin here. Our mission at EB Academics is simple. Help middle school ELA teachers take back their time outside of the classroom by providing them with engaging lessons, planning frameworks, and genuine support so that you can become the best version of yourself, both inside and outside of the classroom. So if you think you might be ready to try something new because you know you simply cannot continue the way that you have been, that I'd invite you to take a moment to check out the EB Teachers Club, the EB Writing Program, or the EB Grammar Program by visiting the links in the description of the podcast. We hope to continue to support you within one of our programs in the future. And in the meantime, we look forward to serving you right here on the podcast each week. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. We are excited to dive into today's episode. We'll be talking about how to teach smarter, not harder, achieving the perfect blend of fun, rigor, and learning. I love that title. And it is like, just so true. Like, let's just do it smarter. Let's make our lives easier, right? The whole phrase of let it be easy. I just love that so much. Um, So we want to do a little end of the school year check-in with you because it is for some of us, the end of the year school, perhaps just ended for some of us. Some of us may have gotten out in like mid-May actually though, which is wild to me, but wherever you are, let's do a little end of the school year check-in. So I want to know if this is you, are you beyond teacher tired? Perhaps you're not in a good place mentally, or are you tired of not being okay and pretending that you are okay for the sake of your students? Or, you know, it's 921 at night, your lesson plans aren't done, and you feel like giving up. It's something we're seeing a lot of right now in education. Right? You love your students. You have amazing coworkers, you know, maybe. <laughs> Some of them maybe drive us crazy. But at the end of the day, none of that matters when you're having to go through all you have to go through as a teacher while being expected to stay on top of all of the work that comes with teaching, right? Those are difficult places to be in. Maybe you're spending hours at home grading and planning in addition to taking, you know, two college classes or you have a one and a three-year-old at home and you have 76, sixth and seventh graders. You're like, you're just hanging on at this point. Maybe you're done mentally and physically. Like you're thinking, okay, I have two and a half years until retirement. And honestly, I don't know how I'm going to make it until then. You have knots in your stomach every Sunday night. Your plate is always so full. How much of that applies to you? And like Caitlin said, it's definitely not uncommon to be feeling this way at the end of the year. And all you need to do to know that you're not alone in this is scroll through any of those free Facebook groups out there for middle school ELA teachers. And you're just going to see comment after comment about how exhausted and done everyone is. And we don't have to tell you that this is absolutely not what teaching should be. This is not how it should be, right? This is not why we became teachers in the first place. And the fact that you're listening to this episode means that you're looking to turn, you know, that bone tiring, overwhelming, and stressful teaching into something that you actually look forward to, something that actually makes you happy. We like to say, you know, our mission is to not just make teaching sustainable, like who the heck wants just a sustainable job? right? We want something that we love doing that doesn't feel like work. I remember my dad telling me growing up, if you find something you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. You've probably heard that phrase. How can we do that for you as a teacher? Like that is our goal. That is our mission. That's why EB exists, right? And so 
you are in a place where you're ready to teach smarter, not harder. Like, let's do that, right? Let's achieve that perfect blend of fun, of rigor for your students, while you also actually get to have a life outside of the classroom, right? This does get to exist. This can be a reality for you. And you're ready to start off this next school year. We want to give you this gift where you feel ready for the next school year already in just a completely different way, right? We're airing this in June and we do this work in June so that you can enjoy your summer. So you go back to school and you're exactly that in a totally different mindset. You have your sanity back. You've set work-life boundaries. You actually follow them and you fall in love with teaching again, which is exactly what happened for me when I went back to the classroom after leaving the profession because I was so disillusioned with it because it was so difficult, right? And you guys, some of you know this story. Perhaps you listened to it on the private podcast when I shared it back in May, but I left. I was like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. This is way too difficult. It it killed me. It like broke down every part of who I was as a person. And I left in March. I quit. And I went to corporate America and I came back to teaching because my life lacked purpose when I was in corporate America. Like my goal in life, like my whole existence is to make an impact on other people. And maybe that's not the same for you, but that was my story. And so when I came back to the classroom for me, it was about how do I love this job? in a different way? How do I show up every day as a great teacher and not feel burnt out? How do I do all of this while not working on the weekends, while not working until 10, 1130 at night, every night, right? How do I do that? And that's exactly why we're here. That's why Jessica and I and EB and this whole thing that we're doing here exists is because we want to be for you what I needed in that three and a half years into teaching so that I wouldn't have quit because we want great teachers to stay in the classroom and make an impact on their students and be able to lead fulfilling lives as teachers. Like that's our goal. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to give you some tactical advice on how to start doing this, right? Little things to make your life easier as a teacher. So you can work smarter, right? Not harder. So we're going to share a spiraling activity, which by the way, we talked about the importance of spiraling activities as a part of a systematic curriculum in the last episode, episode 229. So make sure that you listen to that episode as well if you haven't already. And this particular spiraling activity that we're going to walk you through today is really fun, right? You're going to hit all of your standards that you need to cover for narrative writing in particular, and it's got that rigor and engagement. And we want you to see how it looks to spiral an ELA concept throughout your year. Okay. So that's our goal. That's our intended learning outcome for the podcast episode today. So I want you to imagine now that it's the beginning of the school year. You're walking back into your classroom. It's time for your first writing unit. And if you've been following EB for a while, you know that we always say to start your year with narrative writing. It's a way to give your students a quick win in the classroom. It's a fun unit to teach. You get to learn more about your students and really just set the stage for the school year. So we're going to imagine you do a three-week deep dive narrative writing unit at the beginning of the year. You teach your students all about leads, all about transitions, endings, dynamic vocabulary, the whole nine yards. They then publish their narrative writing piece. You have a great little publishing party. All that's wonderful. But... 
you know that you need to spiral these narrative writing standards throughout your year because your students have not mastered the crazy amount of narrative writing standards that there are. So if you ever go look at the Common Core standards or even TEKS or wherever you are, there are a bunch for narrative writing. And maybe it's even on your state test, right? Narrative writing. I know certain states have narrative writing on their state test. You know your students need more than one opportunity to master them, right? So you know you need to revisit this concept later in the year, probably multiple times. And we always teach our EB teachers to schedule those mini lessons, maybe a month later on leads or do a lesson later on transitions. But the activity that we're going to talk about today is more of a two-class period activity that you would do later in the year to spiral in narrative writing, which is actually perfect because if you do have narrative writing on your state testing, you might want to do this right before you go into state testing. So again, the spiral activity includes both rigor and engagement, and it helps you not only implement the systematic curriculum that we talked about in episode 229, but it also helps you teach smarter and not harder. So just coming to let you start to explain the situation. Yes. So I want you to think back to when you were a kid. And if you ever remember playing the game mash, you probably played it with your friends at recess where you predict your future and like who your husband was going to be, how many kids you were going to have. And it's funny because I hadn't thought about this game in a while. And then I showed it to my kids last year and like my own three children, and they had so much fun with it. Oh, I love and that. So it's using this idea of mash. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you know, go on YouTube, go Google it. But um, it's using this concept to tie in narrative writing. And I think your students are going to love it. So what you're going to do is you're going to give your students a mash board that you make. It'll take you, you know, three minutes to make this. Basically, it's a very simple graphic organizer. You can just do it in pen if you want. And at the top, you're going to write mash in all capital letters. And then you're going to have your students have like a box underneath. And that's where they're going to be drawing their spiral. If you ever remember playing the actual game. So mash, and then a big box underneath it. And instead of mash standing for mansion, apartment, house, et cetera, like when you were a kid, this time it's going to stand for different things. So in this case for narrative writing, you can come up what each letter stands for, but an easy one might be M is for magical kingdom or A is for another planet. You get the idea. So it's four different settings. And then on the side of the box that you have underneath that word, um, instead of where you picked, you know, your celebrity crushes or your future spouse, who your crush was in class, all that stuff. Instead, you're going to have different categories. So it might be four different pieces of dialogue that you list. Maybe it's different phrases that get to be used in a story. These can be very short things. It could be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Or what in the world? You get the idea. So just four quick phrases. And then underneath the box, another section of that mashboard, it's a totally different category. Perhaps here it's four different conflicts. So maybe you just list internal conflict, conflict between two characters, conflict with society, whatever you come up with. So I just basically want you to see that you have different categories going around the board. And you give that handout, it's the same handout to all your students and students get with a partner. And this is where they draw their little spiral. So if Caitlin and I were playing and it's her turn, she would literally just like start to draw a spiral circle. And I would say, stop at any point. And then she counts the number of lines. Again, you can YouTube this, Google it to see what I'm saying. Um, so you cross off the different categories based on how many lines you got in your spiral. So you start like working around Let's say if her number is three, she would start at the M, M, A, 
S, that's the third letter, she'd cross off whatever that setting is. So I'm hoping that makes sense. Following so far, Caitlin? Yeah, 100%. Okay, cool. Um, So students continue doing that until they're left with just one setting, just one piece of dialogue, just one conflict. Maybe your other category is, you know, a character's name. So just one character's name, whatever it is. And it's really fun because students are left with random things that they now get to turn into a narrative. So you're going to have to remind them, you know, okay, you have to start with a lead and I want you to use transitions, but your narrative has to be about these four things. And it's spiraling in that review from the original narrative unit you did at the beginning of the year where they had to have the dynamic vocabulary, et cetera. But now they're writing their new narrative. So I just love this because it's fun, right? Students are playing mash. I guarantee that after you do it, they're going to like come up with their own mash boards and you can tell them how you played as a kid, all that fun stuff, but it's also bringing the rigor, right? The, um, EB teachers club members that have tried this same resource, they've had such success with it. They've said their students love it. They said that they get to see really strong narratives come from what their students produce. And I just love that. So I want you to imagine like how easy and effortless this could be that you start off your year using, if you choose to, the EB narrative writing unit or whatever narrative writing unit you do. And then when you're planning out your year, you're penciling in four to five spiral review narrative writing activities, one on leads, one on transitions, one on dialogue. And then toward the end of the year, you're using this MASH activity. This is how you're teaching smarter, not harder. You're achieving that perfect blend of fun, right? It is fun. It's a game. Rigor. Students are still writing. It's still standard aligned, and they're learning. They're not just doing a narrative writing piece one single time. You're seeing their learning grow because now they're producing more than one piece of writing. So I hope you're noticing that this MASH activity, it really is a great example of having fun and learning rigorous content. And I think it speaks into so much of what you want as teachers, right? You want your students to be engaged in your class. You also want to be excited to go into class each day and teach without getting bogged down by like all the negativity that comes with teaching. So when you're excited to do a lesson like this MASH, MASH activity and your students are excited to do it, then it's fun for everyone, right? You're not just trudging through the day. You're not just bored with another writing assignment, and it's the same for our students as well. And I, I just think that really speaks into the desire that a lot of teachers are sharing with us that, you know, they want the more engaged learning, but they still need to maintain the rigor. Yeah, I love that. So if you are looking for more lessons like this MASH spiral review activity, and you really do want to engage your students like we just talked about, but you also need that free time outside of school so you don't have a repeat of the school year that you were just in, we want to give you that structure for teaching ELA so that you have that narrative unit that we um, completely planned out for you and talked about all of this stuff is going to be a part of our EB teachers club. And we're going to talk more about our EB teaching philosophy, our pedagogy, how we deliver engaging and rigorous lessons, all of that stuff at our free workshop. That's actually happening like right now. I think the Facebook group opens today in fact, for the pop-up Facebook group for our free PD that we're doing. Um, and we're really teaching you kind of all of the ins and outs of, of our approach, our beliefs, our uh, you know systems, all of that stuff for helping you you know, fit it all in for engaging your students in their learning to increase student learning outcomes, being able to do all of that successfully 
and also love teaching without sacrificing your sanity, not just making teaching sustainable, but also enjoyable. So we'd love for you to come join us at that. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash engaging, you can sign up to join us for that free workshop. Um, And we'll be just talking about, you know, our EB Teachers Club as well. And if you want to join us in the EB Teachers Club, definitely come sign up for that workshop. We'll be sharing information for how you can become an EB teacher um, because we only open enrollment certain times of the year. And this is that special time of the year where we're going to get to welcome just new teachers into our community, into our world. You know, it is such a wonderful place to be. We talk about how important community is for our lives, for our happiness, for success. I don't know if you go back to the pandemic and you remember just how difficult it was to not have that community around you um, and to have a place where people are supportive, where people are positive. It makes a world of a difference. You know, the phrase, we are who we surround ourselves with. And when we surround ourselves with people who are giving, who are caring, who are kind, who love teaching, that lifts you up too. You step up to that same level of energy, that same vibration. Of course, we're biased, right? But our teachers are truly some of the most wonderful teachers that we've ever had the privilege of getting to spend time with. Um, And we just absolutely love our community. We'd love for you to be a part of it. So come sign up for the free PD workshop. We'll be talking more about how you can become an EB teacher at that workshop. Uh, So definitely reserve your free seat. If you are not an EB teacher yet, you definitely want to join us for that. So go to ebacademics.com forward slash engagement, and we will see you there. Next week, we will be talking about making every minute count, no matter the length of your class period. Love it because that is always an excuse. I can't do it. My class periods are 42 minutes. Make sure that you join us for that one. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And if you're a part of our free PD, we will see you over in the Facebook group over the next couple of days. Bye, everybody. Hey, everyone.